opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. This KFAX 1100 station. The time is 5:05 on the Monday edition, and the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You know my email address: gbchayward at gmail.com. gbchayward at gmail.com. If we're sounding weird or something's not working right, let me know, or you can call us there. Late three six seven five three two nine. We are hoping that we have uh, clear sound and we are ready to go on this Monday, October sixteenth, twenty twenty three. I'm not going to wax eloquent, sound like some news reporter to give you some kind of uh, bloviated entrance into what is central and uh, and controversially clear for us today as the main topic around the world, uh, and that is the conflict that's going on in Israel with the Palestinians and the assault that was uh, foisted on the Israeli people several days ago. You all know it, you've heard it, you probably have uh, heard so much information around it that you're probably tired of hearing hearing about it now, but we must persevere. We must not be weary in well-doing. We must not be um, inclined to, uh, as some as some have put it, a kind of uh, news weariness or even conspiracy weariness, as Jason Whitlock puts it in his very apropos uh, assessment, analysis, and dialogue with friends and uh, and folks who have something to say about these things. We're dealing with some difficult times. Uh, we really are. And and we, we have to think this through. We have to think it through. The proverb says, the one that is speaking before hearing the whole matter out, for him, her, them, a nation of people, it is folly. Those are Solomon's words. And you and I have talked about this for years. I've laid out the argument that the goal of the believer, the goal of the Christian is not to, in a knee-jerk way, simply yield to one side of the other, one media position or the other, one political position or the other, one party position or the other, but to hear the whole matter, to pause, put the brakes on, Definitely not turn away your ear from the hearing of the poor, as Solomon said. He that turns his ear away from the hearing of the poor, from the cry of the poor, reproaches his maker. So you and I don't get to act like we don't know, and we don't get to behave as if we don't care. We are either our brother's keeper or we are our brother's killer. Please understand that we are either our brother's keeper or we are our brother's killer. I was speaking to my own congregation and those that visited with us who often do at Grace and Hayward on Sunday. And, and of course, all of our preaching has to do with everything that goes on in our world because the word of God is the word that is given to us by the God of the whole earth. Earth, He is the God of 
all flesh. He is the father of spirits. Every one of us live and move and have our being in him. And so there's no way that preaching and teaching should not bear upon, touch, deal with, address, expose, set in proper context the issues that are going on in our world if it is prophetically delivered to the people of God. They must know the times. They must know the seasons. They must also understand the rule and reign of Christ in any epoch in time as Jesus is ruling from the right hand of the Father right now. We must be aware of what's going on. We must also do what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, prove everything and then hold fast to that which is good. We are to listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 4. Try every doctrine, every spirit, every supposition, every argument, every assertion, every allegation as to whether or not it has its origins in truth or lies. The people of God must be about truth or we're about nothing. Our job is prophetic and then it's priestly. Our job is prophetic, then it's priestly. God gave the people of Israel under Moses in Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, 1,500 years before Jesus, an injunction to make sure when any controversy arises between men that you search the matter diligently. No impulse, no emotionalism, no provocation by outside sources, no forced analysis, no trapped narratives, no no framing of the issue without first diligently laying out all the facts as you possibly can, and then you can render an answer. Now, every one of us has a belly button. You have one, I have one, we all do. And, uh, and it really only matters to you, um, unless, of course, you use that belly button well. If you can self-reflect, if you can um, self-index, if you can determine that you are a well-balanced person, someone that can actually reason uh, critically and, uh, and analyze, deconstruct matters. If you're really a person that can hear well and you can tell the difference between legitimate uh, arguments and BS, bologna sandwiches, if you can do that, then, uh, then, then you really do have a right to the blessed, blessed task of free speech and freedom of discourse, which is essential. And our founding fathers laid that out. I must tell you again, we must never be afraid to talk. The moment you are afraid to talk, you are trapped by a totalitarian system that has control over your conscience, over your mind, and therefore over your mouth. And that would make you an idolater. So as we are dealing with these really, really complex issues going on in the Middle East in terms of Israel and Palestine, the first thing I'm going to say to you, as I said to our congregation on Sunday, this is really not about Jacob and Esau, as much as your prophecy buffs would want to narrow it down to that kind of historical theological prism. This is not about um, Ishmael and Isaac, as much as they would want to do that too. It really is not. If you think you are observing something that is unique to those two brothers and is a matter of conflict between people who either properly comprehend and, uh, and, and embrace an Abrahamic covenant or not, you're fooling yourself. This is much larger than Israel and Palestine. This is as large as Cain and Abel. This is as broad and comprehensive 
as human nature. This is a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. This is a conflict those who have a healthy and proper and God-centered, God-exalting, God-loving, Christ-loving, biblical-based, therefore humanity-loving view, and those who are trapped by a very dark, diabolical, demonic, man-centered, man-exalting, flesh-centered, ethnocentric doctrine of a worldview. This is really what's going on. And that's why so many people are interested in it. There wouldn't be that much interest in what's going on around the world if it didn't have serious implications with America, with China, with Russia, with Africa. If it didn't have serious implications with Europe. So you see, we all come from not only Adam and Eve, but we come from Noah and his three boys. I called them the new Adam's family, as you guys know the narrative because God destroyed the world in a flood and reestablished his covenant of procreation, proliferation, and dominion through Noah, his wife, his three sons, and three children. And of Noah came all of the sons of men and the daughters of men in the earth, from Japheth to Shem and then to Ham. All three of those men are the source of every one of us, individuated as well as collectively. We are some Hamite, we are some Shemite, we are some Shemite and Japhethite, we are some Hamite and Japhethite, whether you like it or not. We come from Cain and Abel, and our original parents are Adam and Eve, and we're closer in the flesh than we want to admit, except some diabolical orifice that I want to call and talk about as being your government media, military, medical, industrial complex loves to keep us divided, loves to keep us in conflict, loves to keep us at war, because when we're divided in conflict and at war, at war, they can control us. They love to keep us engaged in the Hatfields and the McCoys. They love to keep us trapped by the left-right narrative. They love to keep us on the plantation of the red president versus the blue president, the elephant president versus the donkey president. Um, they love us to be narrowed down to their prism of interpretation. And as we're hearing it from the Europeans, they want to punish Elon Musk because he's opened up X, formerly called Twitter, so that people can have dialogues across a whole spectrum of views, notwithstanding some of those views are false information, disinformation, or what have you, as if the European, European uh, media, as well as the legacy media of America, uh, as well as the legacy media of, of Israel, as media of China is not a bastion of lying propagandists themselves. I've already told you that this is all neo-pravda media. Our main media outlets are lying to us, and yet they want to punish Musk for letting us all, just common people on the ground and folks who have been on the inside and on the outside, have a conversation. Remember, if they're trying to shut your conversation down, it's because they don't want you to know something, and they don't want you to say something. I've got a lot that I want to share with you, and then we can have some conversation about the implications of Cain and Abel represented in the 9-11, as some people put it, of what's going on with Israel and Palestine. The number is one 367 5329 The number is one 367 5329 When I come back, I'm going to lay some more foundation theologically, logically, propositionally, 
some facts on history, just some data to just kind of keep us in a contextual uh, frame of reference. And then you're going to, you and I are going to have a conversation. The number is one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I was thinking about all of these declarations and all of these accords that have occurred uh, for Israel since 1917 when uh, when the Brits, uh, the United Kingdom, thought that it had the wisdom to be able to establish, draw out, mark out lines of territory for people that it fundamentally had dominated and controlled. You guys do know that. You can look it up, the Belfort Declaration. They had a major controversy that's taking place in Israel. Now, as is the case with Africa, they carved up Africa in many many uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, territorial markings that created conflict between those brothers as well. And, and then I'm thinking about the Oslo Accords, which uh, came uh, a bit later, uh, it started in 1993, as you know, and, and that, those were the days even bit, a bit earlier when uh, when the PLO uh, was uh, seriously no, uh, negotiating for um, for rights and grounds with Israel. I remember those times. It was a, a very harrowing time, uh, whether it was in the uh, days of Reagan or whether it was in the days of the Clintons. Very difficult times. It seems like uh, the Palestinians and the Jewish people couldn't quite uh, under Yasser Arafat, if you guys recall, couldn't quite get things together. And then uh, the event that took place in Camp David in the 2000s with uh, with George W. Bush, uh, those things fell apart too. This was this was called the Second Intifada, where you know um, the Palestinians, in their own grievances for their conditions and their state of being, once again uh, felt like they weren't being listened to and they weren't being dealt with properly, uh, engaged in acts of, of of terror and as some people would call, um, you know, uh, uh, occupancy protest. Uh, that's the way that some people are framing it today, as you know, uh, and and that remained constantly a, a a point of contention and difficulty in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine and the surrounding nations, whether it was Saudi Arabia, Arabia or um, or Iran and, and 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 other places like that, even as close as Jordan and Egypt, they were having difficulties at a certain time. And then, lo and behold. We have one president out of all the presidents we're going to be talking a bit about today because I've been on this program by the good uh, uh, auspices of my dear friend, uh, Craig Roberts, who is the original host of this long-standing program called Lifeline. Um, now, for a long time, I'm, I'm just amazed. I, I, I go all the way back to sh shortly before 9-11, of which I want to talk about here in a moment, but I'm thinking through all of the... Um, disastrous accords and uh, policy efforts that were being uh, proffered between the Europeans, America, and, and Israel uh, with regards to the Palestinians and so forth. Uh, of course, I'm simplifying it. It's much more complex than that, but it's not so complex that we cannot understand this, that humanity, humanity is given to war because war is the way that political structures establish themselves in the world. 
Our own government, our own history, our own nation is coming up out of the so-called tyranny of the European rule, the British rule, the English rule, King George and others. And we would, uh, uh, we would cry uh, foul in regards to the abuse and tyranny and, and subjugation of, 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 of the crown over the peoples of the land and, and and we made our way extricating ourselves from them and then uh and i say we because i am american born uh we had to then fight for our rights and our freedoms because y- your captors your controllers your rulers your tyrants not your governors your captives controllers rulers and tyrants will not let you go free pharaoh will never just let you go free And so we have known what has to occur in order for us to be free. I'm I'm amazed because I could be talking right now about how controlled we are economically. The guy that came on before our program opened up that has that business, a Christian business, made it very clear. Uh, The powers that be want to control our money. They want to control our life and they want to control the narrative. It sounds exactly like our government, doesn't it? It sounds exactly like the globalists. It sounds exactly like the Council for Foreign Relations. It sounds exactly like the World Economic Forum. It sounds exactly like the uh, uh, World Health Organization. It sounds exactly like NATO. It sounds exactly like the World Trade Organizational um, framework and structure for an open society and a total uh, governance of the world uh, extricating the boundaries and sovereignty of nations. This now, this what I'm about to address the issue of what I consider. There's so many contradictions in our media. Our media uh, takes you and I for fools. It, it thinks you are a fool, and, and it's probably right that you and I are fools in this sense that we're really slow to put it together. And this is definitely where the tragedy that befell Israel a few days ago is an alarming trumpet to you and and, and me, you and I. We're slow to put it together because we're more careless than we are thoughtful. And this is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, our media and our government don't really care that you know much about what's going on. I mean, you're not ignorant. Ladies and gentlemen, please, you're not ignorant. For those of us who have been significantly blessed with putting our hands on the broad platforms, plural, of the different media outlets around the world, we have been richly, richly blessed by either being directly a part of or uh, by proxy engaged in rich conversations across the world that chime in on the matters that are going on in our world. And uh, whether we are uh, players on Animal Farm or whether we are players on uh, the Brave New World, and, and a bit of that has to be true, right along with Equilibrium, as well as The Matrix, as well as The Truman Story, uh, we can see the predictive programming and all of that. Good men and women have told us this is the goal of the powers that be, and we can see it. We can see it. Whether we're a part of that or not, what we do know, if you look at Animal Farm carefully, the poor animals that were controlled by the dogs and the pigs were smart enough to have conversations and engage in dialogue, albeit many times in secret because uh, the totalitarian system forbid you to think freely, to think independently, to think rationally, and by all means, do not speak out loud. We will punish you. 
And that's what's going on in our country right now. But the truth be told, when the media immediately attached 9-11 to the um, terror attack, the atrocious, ungodly terror attack upon Israel by Hamas, and I distinguish between Hamas and the Palestinian people. You don't have to if you want to, but you must. Like I distinguish between all of the multiple categories of people with different views and different ideas and different positions in Israel. Israel is not a monolithic system. It's no more monolithic than America is. There are a lot of good brothers and sisters, Jewish brothers and sisters in Israel. There are a lot of them that are bigots. Bigots, like we have that are atrociously committed to a kind of selfish selfish narcissistic view and that would look down upon others like we have in America. I think that's what we have in terms of our senior administrative state. The deplorables that Hillary Clinton talks about, I think she's an elitist with, uh, with, with, with some kind of helium in her skull, imagining herself to be better than the rest of us. Now, I'm talking like the old English uh, people back in the day, as you know, that were on the ground, your, your common surf that's trying to make a living, and he's hanging out with the rest of the people, talking about the crown and talking about the king because of the attitude that the wealthy and the prosperous would, uh, in a, in a, again, in a diabolical disorientation, assume that because they have wealth, they're better than us, and because they have power, they're more righteous than us. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. And often the wealthy play their hands because they don't care that you know the truth. And it's largely because, and I want you to hear this, they know that you don't care enough about the truth to say something or do something about it. So you can see the atrocities. You can see the contradiction. You can see the, uh, the, the bifurcation. You can see the prevarication and lies. You can see the inconsistencies, the hypocrisy. Uh, and you can notice it, but you don't care. And that's all they're wanting you and I to do. They want us to not care. They don't mind you knowing what they know because what they know is that you don't care about what they're doing. You don't care enough to do something about it. And as long as that's the case, we are precisely set up just like Israel was, careless people ready to be assaulted at any time because we actually think our government is there to protect us. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistin. Quite a bit more before I take to the phone lines because you you just need to hear these thoughts out because they're there for you to put the pieces together if you want to. Now, if you want to keep sticking your head in the sand, and I've been saying this for 20-some years, ever since 9-11, I'll be talking about that when I come back from the break. You can stick your head in the sand if you want to, but we're getting closer and closer to our own careless crisis with catastrophic consequences. And I know Americans don't believe it. I can tell by what happened to us just three years ago by the pseudo-pandemic took us through a war-time scenario and a prison-time scenario and a mental health scenario, and we didn't get the message for a long time. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. We're going to pay some bills. When I come back, I have a few more things to say, and then we can have a conversation while we still have time in America. 
I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time 536. You're listening to Pastor Jesse Gastan, Grace Bible Church in Hayward, where we do take the word of God seriously in the exaltation of the person and work of Christ, exposition of scripture to the point that we want men and women to bow the knee to Jesus as Lord and then obtain a sound, rooted, consistent biblical worldview so that through the lens of scripture, you can see what your world is up to. Uh, because God cannot lie, change, or fail, when we see things the way that God's word lays it out, then we see clearly enough to know when men are telling the truth, when they're lying, and when they are um, seeking to pull the wool of your eyes, as you heard Dr. James Dobson lay out the metaphor of the Judas goat when he was using that analogy, which I heard him say some 20, 30 years ago, now maybe even longer since Mr. Dobson has played a staple role in many of our uh, lives as a spokesman for families uh, over the years. Um, having heard that analogy, it, it, it actually reminds me of our media. Certainly it reminds me of false prophets, false teachers that are Judas goats. It reminds me of our media. And then, of course, I am absolutely convinced that our government is that way too. It, it walks a little ways, and then it turns to see who's a follower. And the next thing you know, uh, 37, 47, 50 million votes, uh, as they put it. And then people are corralled into positions and led to the slaughter by the lives of our politicians and our, and our, our leadership. It's really true. Think about this. You saw President Joe Biden stand behind the microphone the other day. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. Let this be heard. You know, he knows how to speak very authoritative when he wants to point the finger and tell somebody he's mad at them. All the other time, he's skating around on ice as if he doesn't even know which way to exit. But whenever he wants to be authoritative, he can speak definitively. Let me be clear. And the reality is the same Hamas that is wreaking havoc on those poor ignorant, naive, careless people on that day is the same Hamas that supported uh, Joe Biden's presidency uh, for election in 2020, of whom he on internet openly embraced, smiling, thanking them for their support. Thank you for your support. See, this is why our leaders, in my opinion, are just prostitutes. Listen, they're playing both sides of this thing. You ought to know this. They're playing both sides of this thing in order to keep us in that conflict narrative, in that adversarial landscape, so that we don't really know that what's taking place is at a larger level for the advantage of people that don't have our well-being in view. I love the way Roseanne Barr put it. She said when she found out, and she's Jewish too, as well as Christian, she said when she found out and observed and was analyzing everything that's going on, she said, now who's benefiting from this? That's the first question you ask. You don't go, oh, they're telling us the truth. Let me listen to CNN, Fox News. Let me listen to CBS, Channel 4. They're going to tell us the truth. No, they're not. Remember, you were told, Operation Paperclip, Operation Mockingbird, the FBI, CIA have infiltrated our media. They work for them, and our media works for them as well. You get a narrative that's absolutely controlled. This is explicitly known, but like I said before the break, 
Our government doesn't care that you know that the narrative that's coming to you 24 hours a day is so controlled, so framed, so organized that you can actually get all of the media platforms, put them up on a big screen and put all of their talking heads out there speaking to you. And they're saying precisely the same thing, the same way, at the same time, all over the world. They don't have an independent thought to save their body because they're in it for a paycheck. This is what makes them prostitutes, propaganda whores. That's what that is, you guys. It's very clear. And I'm so glad that, that many of you, as well as I, have awakened. I share with you that it, was on, it wasn't this program. I was doing the morning show at KFAX probably in 19, uh, in um, the year before 9-11, somewhere around 1990 a little bit before 9-11. And a dear brother had called me on the show one time, uh, extolling me for the preaching that we do on the radio. And he said, uh, your, your politics is coming along, but there's some things you need to understand. And uh, he said, you, you, you're going to have to step your game up when it comes to the Republicans. Because at that time, this was way back in the day, um, I was really hoping that George W. Bush was authentic. Really hoping, because, you know, the Clintons was just a nauseating nightmare, nauseating. But I hadn't yet captured the framing of the left-right narrative. I hadn't understood that when you say, I'm voting for Biden, I'm voting for Trump, that we're still playing on the same kind of plantation. Now, I'm going to make a little distinction with Trump here in a moment because I think it's important for us to do that. But let me start right back with 9-11. Um, and I really could go all the way back to Pearl Harbor, make my way up through the Vietnam War. I could talk about Afghanistan. I could talk also about Benghazi because the word that comes to my, my mind when I heard the way the media was framing this attack and all the pictures they show. So you guys kind of know the way it started was with drones. Hamas sent drones over to uh, paralyze, stabilize the uh, the tanks or the military of Israel. That's what they say. And after the drones, then Hamas uh, sent hand gliders. What a what a way to enter into it. If this is not a James Bond movie on steroids, I don't know what it is. Send 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 paratroopers, if you will hand gliders across the fence into the desert where those young people were having a party and getting high and enjoying themselves with rave dancing and rave music. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then they tore the gate up and came through and engaged in levels of massive atrocity that the media is now absolutely taking to the bank every time they possibly can to pull at your emotional uh, coat strings coattails in order to get you to some succumb to a narrative that has not been fully worked out. As I told you in the opening monologue, uh, you got to be careful about people that love to pull your emotional coattails. That's what religion has done for many, many decades. It'll get you in an auditorium and they'll have a fiery proclamation and then the music will play and then the organ will play and they'll tell you to make a decision for Jesus. And you'll be crying and weeping and you're led up to the altar. I'm telling you, this is what reminds me of that, that that Judas goat, okay, and 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 the historical evidence is so clearly in today. America is at its lowest ebb when it comes to faith in God and trust in Christ and commitment to Scripture. What happened to all those 
have was nothing but Hollywood showmanship. Now, there are two beasts, and you might as well learn this now. The two beasts, Revelation chapter 13, are politics and religion. Revelation 13 verses 1 through 9 is politics. It's a composite of all four beasts of Daniel 7. The Babylonians, Medo-Persians, the Grecian, and the Roman Empire. It's a composite of that. You can read it. Read Daniel 7. And uh, I gave that to you for free. Revelation chapter 13 verse 11 says another beast rose up out of the uh, earth. And uh, he was like unto the first beast, and he had powers like the first beast, and he caused everyone to bow down, worship the first beast, and make an image unto the first beast, and that you couldn't buy or sell unless you made an image and worshiped the first beast. This is where we are today, but we were there in the first century. This is historic. I told you that before. Governments ultimately enslaved their people and forced them to worship their systems. That's what governments do. And, 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 and that's what's going on now. And in Hollywood style, I, I must admit, this is what I told our congregation last Friday. I said, you know, if what happened to Israel a couple of days ago, um, if what happened to Israel were to, were to happen over here, would you be ready for it? Are the American people ready for an assault on their own land of the proportion that Israel just experienced? Are you ready to deal with an invasion and a captivity and stealing and theft and, and slavery and torture and death and the complete disruption of your family and your children? Are you ready for that? Because many, many signals are coming from uh, legitimate sources that we're in danger of that same thing. We just had a president who stands up here talking about supporting Israel, opening our borders to tens of millions of people. And they know that these tens of millions of people didn't all come from Mexico. Who are you kidding? This is where we need to actually be serious as people of God, rooted and grounded in the truth with our eyes wide open, circumspect because the days are evil. And we need to stop thinking that we can stick our heads in the sand, enjoy entertainment, and our government has our back. It does not have our back. I'm pretty sure this was a big lesson that Israel learned. Its government didn't have our back. Now, when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this word that just came to my mind the moment I heard our media attach 9-11 to Israel, and it's the word stand down. Stand down. Stand down. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4-KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. We're back for time 551 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I'm thinking about contradictions and hypocrisy of the left and the right, and particularly the media. Um, yeah, and I use the word stand down, stand down, stand down because... It took hours upon hours for what was touted one of the most sophisticated and complicated and uh, celebrated uh, security states in all the world. Israel is definitely a security state. It's not a democracy at all. It's a security state. 
for sure. Uh, Military-wide, the people will tell you that. If you could talk to them, they'd let you know, yeah, we got cameras everywhere. We got soldiers everywhere. You, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not just wide open. That's just not the case. And, and one could argue why, but the reality is, is that all of the surveillance systems that are being implemented around the world have been perfectly employed uh, in Israel in a way in which uh, people know they're being watched and there are consequences if you if you don't line up. This is coming to a neighborhood near you as well. Um, but all of a sudden, the cameras are not working, communication's not working, uh, response to um, hours of, of all kinds of mayhem are not working. You can imagine all of the phones that were going off for all of the people at the beach um, uh, and are in the desert, if you will, by the water, uh, and 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 uh, at home, who were saying something is happening? We're under attack, and uh, and it took forever for the military, which is right down the street, uh, to respond. Now, of course, you're going to get a reason. You're going to get an answer, just like you did with 9/11. You're going to get a reason for why it took so long, like you did with Benghazi. You're going to get an answer as to why it took so long with Pearl Harbor. You will get an answer. And your government does not care what you think about it because it's all shaping an ongoing agenda. What I may say about uh, all governments around the world, and especially ours here, is that we're we're in the business of war, W-A-R. Please know it. Uh, I haven't lived a day in my life without there being some kind of war excursion going on somewhere on this planet. And that's why I love the Bible. It's very clear. Men have cast down their pruning hooks and, 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 and plowshares and have taken up swords and spears. There are billions of dollars to be made in these wars. Billions of dollars on both sides. This is what Roseanne was saying in her smart, witty, uh, humorous way. Who's benefiting from this? Okay, and so you, you will have to ask the question, does this benefit uh, B.B.? Uh, Netanyahu, does it benefit him? There's a whole lot of controversy going on with him in the uh, Knesset over there. And, uh, and, and you know, war knows how to bring people together for five minutes. Does this benefit uh, Biden if this, uh, if this retaliation on the part of Israel uh, sustains? Because they're going to go in there. There's no doubt about it. And they have a right to seek justice. There's no doubt about it as well. That's not the whole story. There's a whole lot more to it. And cooler minds will prevail when you remove uh, and contain your emotions and begin to think through why these two brothers are fighting as much as they are. But the reality is, is that they're going in there and something's going to happen. And it may very well be the drawing in of other Arab nations to engage in a conflict with Israel, which will lead America and Europe into that same battle. And the next thing you know, we're in World War III. We'll, we'll know this uh, by the uh, end of the year, the beginning of next year, whether or not we're toppling it. It's amazing, isn't it, you guys? The little old white-haired man who came in talking about we're going to unite everybody, unite everybody, is the spearhead of so much confusion and chaos and corruption. It's amazing to me, and, and, and people on the ground don't get it, but I understand why. People on the ground have been trained for decades to be uh, parental in their thinking. Paternal. The word is paternal. I talked to you about last, that last week. A psychologist says you can train people to be paternal and for them to only look for authoritative answers from a 
parental voice. And when you when you establish a totalitarian system, as is starting to happen in our country, your government is parental. It tells you what to do. And the people on the ground are paternal. They want mommy to tell them what to do. They don't want they don't want to have to deal with the consequences. Just tell us what to do. We will march to your beat. And they'll send a Judas go, whether it's in the media, media, in the military, in the ministry, the church will take you down that path as well, just like Catholicism has done, Greek Orthodoxy has done, Orthodox Church has done. Uh, all of the organized religions of the world have often succumbed to beast one politics to lead the masses of the people. This is why Marx called it the opiate of the masses. He could see that foolishness as dark and diabolical as he was and Christ rejecting as well. The contradiction that I see on the ground today is when you look at the news media, you got the right fighting with the left, um, as Ben Shapiro is, is arguing that the left has no ground for creating what is called uh, a, 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 an equality of argument. There is no moral equality between what uh, the Palestinians have done and what the Israelites have done to the Palestinians. That may be true, Ben, but that's only after we have all of the information laid out on the table and we begin to analyze all of the historical data concerning how the uh, how the how the how the Jewish people in the Israeli state has dealt with the Palestinians. You you just can't tell us it's not so. Now we can look at the pictures and we can see the atrocities. But when I say we, I'm talking about people that, like myself, have grown up in cultures where that kind of evil has been committed. You're African-American. You know what it means to be burnt up. You're African-American. You know what it means to be uh, separated from your family. You're African-American. You know what it means to have all kinds of atrocities committed to you in the name of racism and other things. If you're Latino, Latina, you know what it means. Our, our brothers and sisters from Mexico know exactly these same atrocities. These are these are crimes committed. Uh, if you're African, uh, we've seen this many video clips of Africans being killed, burned, slaughtered, uh, beheaded, et cetera, et cetera, around the world. We, it, it, these are war crimes. There's no doubt about it. Should be punished and dealt with. But please, please understand, it's broader than just Israel and the Palestinians. And like Roseanne Barr said, who's profiting from this? Who's profiting from Well, I think that what you're not going to have to do, we got to keep talking. Don't let anyone scare you from talking. Your opinion is as valid as anyone else's. And they're going to be smart enough men and women who will give you enough insight because they care enough about you as a human being more than they do money, more than they do power, more than they do groups and parties. They will tell you the truth as they know it, as many that are on the inside who are now on the outside or who are on the outside who are now on the inside letting us know, giving us the intel about what's going on. They'll let you know. If you want to know the truth, all you have to do is say, Lord, show me the truth. They'll show you. To show you the truth, but then you're going to be have to be responsible with it when you get it. Um, when you get it, uh, I'm thinking about Mr. Donald Trump. The reason why they want to put him under the prison, not because he hasn't made some some mistakes too, but really there is definitely no moral equivalent between Donald Trump and his first four years and Barack Hussein Obama and Bill Clinton and George W. Bush, and George H. Bush. 
Uh, there is no moral equivalent between them and even Jimmy Swagger with what he Jimmy Swagger, <laughs> Jimmy Carter with what he did over in Iran. We already know what happened. Um, we can go all the way back to Nixon. I told us our presidents are like monarchs. They're like whenever you whenever you vote for a president, it was a hoodwink. You were deceived because presidents are selected; they're not elected. Whenever you pseudo vote for a president, he he's got to kill a bunch of people in the name of American interest and really in the name of globalism. That's what they didn't like about Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, for all of his narcissistic, egotistical uh, blemishes, was was way too raw and uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. See, the media and the system, the powers that be, your oligarchs, your your plutocrats, your corporatists, I've already named them, they could be easily named, who give the money to these interests. They need presidents they can control. This is your Manturian candidate. And, and your boy in the White House right now is controlled. There's no doubt about that. He's controlled. And they try to control Trump. Trump, Trump was uncontrollable. This is why they said no more quasi-free elections. We're not doing it. We're going we're gonna to throw everything in the kitchen sink to make sure that he doesn't get that second term. He didn't. You can call it what you want to out of fear, or you can tell the truth. We watched it with our eyes. But now they're trying to put him under the jail to make sure he doesn't get back in, because if he gets back in, he will continue Operation F. That is truly cleaning the swamp. He knows what to do. He just didn't do it last time because he was subverted by so many things. You might as well know that's the truth. And I'm, I'm very elated to know that there are lots of African-Americans across the nation who picked up on this. Now, your mainstream media is going to keep keep you thinking that African-Americans are absolutely ignorant, um, irretrievable leftists, bent on the foolishness of uh, ML, uh, the Black Lives Matter, BLM, uh, Antifa, and then uh, the leftist ideology of those who are hypocrites crying, war crimes, war crimes, and even, even on the right, they're both doing it. You know that. They're both doing it. War crimes. When we kill, and, and, and Ye said it very well when he, he made the equivalence of killing the babies in the womb of African Americans. Didn't nobody want to hear? That's not a moral equivalent, but see, it's when you don't see it, it doesn't seem like a big thing. But now that we're seeing the atrocity of it with, with Hamas, now you might think about it with, with our own carelessness of letting our own children be killed. Do you understand the implications of wiping out 300,000 uh, black babies a year in terms of economics, in terms of power, in terms of representation, in terms of influence? Somebody said it like this, I'll take a break. Somebody says, rather than looking for the outlaw as the culprit to all of this difficulty, we better start looking at the in-laws. Yeah, that was James Whitlock, Jason Whitlock. We always want to blame the outlaws. But we got to look at the in-laws. I think that's where the truth is. I think that's where Jesus would tell you to look. Certainly the apostles. They would tell you, we don't have to go far from home to know who the real adversaries of our true claims are. This is the Money Edition of Lifeline. Yes, we're going to get on the phones in this next segment and have plenty of conversation. I got tons more to talk about, but it won't happen today. I will say to you, be circumspect, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You should not be careless. We'll be right back. 
To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.09 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And we can go to the phone lines. I'm still trying to work through this here. Give me line number one. Whoever's on line number one, will you, will you pull them up? I'm not able to see my, my board here. So um, do we have anyone on line number one? No, hello. Talk to me, Miles. Hello, who is this? This is uh, Jermaine. Hey, Jermaine, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Good, good. I'm working through some technical stuff. I'm flying my plane without being able to look at my instrument panel right now, but I'm glad to have you on with us. What's your thoughts about what's going on these days? And uh, if you want to, you can uh, you can comment on my uh, on my narrative. I think um, your narrative kind of hit home, at least with me. It, it really resonated as someone who's paying attention because it's a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of what we're seeing if you really think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm not saying there's no such thing as terrorism. We, we know it obviously is, but just the way that the story is unfolded kind of makes no sense when you consider one of the most secure nations in the world kind of allowing operation of that nature to happen on so many fronts. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute that someone could pull something that coordinated off right under the nose of, of uh, their sworn enemies and not have anyone have any at least warnings about it and you know it just seems like a lot of people are beating the war drums these days and asking about a million plus people to move in 24 hours is almost encouraging them to join in opposition it doesn't seem to encourage peace i don't know what the perfect solution is but just so far a lot of what we've seen to be seeing seems more like you know you're kind of fanning the flames of of war, like someone is wanting a conflict. I don't know who, to be fair. I'm not going to play any conspiracy theories, but it just doesn't seem right. And, and I just think that we kind of need to take a step back and pay attention because you're seeing it spill over into streets all over the world. And it almost becomes more of a, a spiritual battle where people are choosing sides, but they have no idea about how deep this, uh, this whole situation goes. I agree. I agree with you. Um, uh, certainly, I'll go a bit deeper than just a general phenomenology without explanation, though, because we can actually we can actually surmise a few things, at least on a foundational level, and that is the issue of the uh, Jewish-Palestinian conflict, as I've stated in in my list to be true, uh, is a conflict narrative that exists within the human race at the level of Cain and Abel, they were not Jewish. They were not identified as Jews. They were Gentiles, as was Abraham. And so uh, Cain and Abel serves as a model for all of us, whether Jew or Gentile. And the conflict between brothers is a um, you know historically long conflict. The question often is, as, as um, Roseanne Barr put it, um, who would benefit from um, something becoming so... Uh, globally uh, viral and globally um, uh, influential. Because again, we're at a situation where, um, and, and, and the news uh, announcer stated it before we came back on, that indeed, if um, if if, um, if 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 the uh, if the Hamas retaliation or Israel's retaliation upon Hamas 
is so grievous that it draws in uh, uh, other other players from around the region so that they begin to engage in, ta- in attacks in other parts of Israel, Hezbollah, I- Iran, and others. These are all predictable players, Jermaine. This is not a mystery. And everybody knows that everything has been held in the balance for decades now around Iran supporting terrorists. This is not new. So um, it, it would seem like if one were in the shoes of the um, Isra- Israeli administration, they would know that they should engage in measured response because of the very potential of destabilizing the present Abrahamic Accord that that Donald Trump was able to affect and establish. Uh, the only president that everybody wants to hate viscerally who was able to actually establish a foundation for those those men to come to the table. And all of a sudden, that's disrupted under uh, Netanyahu, uh, who was struggling to get support from Israel. But he has it now because we've we've seen this before. War unifies people at the emotional level. It did that for us in our own 9-11. This is why I'm very suspicious of the 9-11 talk, because when we had our 9-11, Everybody was gung-ho, let's go get them, let's go get bin Laden and go go get all the terrorists. And then all of a sudden we, we turned left and went over to Iraq, destroyed that place utterly in the name of uh, weapons of mass destruction, which everybody knew shortly thereafter was a lie. And uh, we left with nothing. And, and I'm saying that you can't keep having these kinds of uh, things happen in the name of crisis, in the name of war, in the name of terror, uh, and and not answer for it. This one is not hard to frame as a plausible um, uh, plausible outcome. This one is not hard. We know that the the parties are lining up. We know that Russia and China are lining up. We know that if somehow that includes Iran, then um, we're dealing with uh, a definitely at least a limited uh, a world war. Three of of nuclear proportion. Um, if this thing doesn't stop, this everybody's been talking about. It. This is not new. So, as you had stated, it's it, it belies logic to think that um, Israel couldn't have known and couldn't have responded faster. And because we do understand stand downs, because we do understand Benghazi was a major, major wicked, wicked act on the part of Obama and and Hillary Clinton, who was his. Uh, uh, Secretary of State at that time. We, everybody knows this now. And then it got swept under the rug. Like with Biden, he left Afghanistan in such an atrocious way that we, we all know this. We all know this. That was a stand down too. The military is supposed to go in first, protect everybody, get them all out. He left so much. We all know this. Also, as I stated, what we know is Biden on his way into the presidency really did um, uh, have a um, a support from Hamas significantly, and it was it's aired. Anyone can find it if they want to. So I'm always amazed at how our governments end up having these backdoor both-and relationships with the persons and people and nations that we're about to go to war with. Um, it is totally appropriate as the people of God to first be circumspect, be vigilant, to be objective, to be critical, to be questioning, to be suspicious, and to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good biblically. And then secondly, as our founding fathers said, you're going to have to be extremely prudent if you're going to keep this republic because 
power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely when we look at all of the gauges that constitutes where we are as a nation today we are far 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 from a healthy republic representative republic today we are in very serious danger given technology and given the capacity for men and women to be so easily duped by by the media we need to be prayerful and hope that this does not escalate to the next level. We really do. I got to take a hard break. Thank you for your observations. We'll come back with your phone calls. one 367 Two lines open. one 367 I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time six twenty two. As the announcer said, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to chime in, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number one and speak with Leslie. Leslie, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? Good. Following Great. up on what you said about people that don't care that the that the uh, elites want the people not to care. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, Tom Wong and I are doing with the star search is for people to care and for people to run and people to help to run for office, for local office, and for people to help the candidates that are running for office. Uh, because like, as you said, the power has corrupted many of the incumbent politicians. Yeah. So we just need everyday people to step up and they have their interests for their communities, and so and they're not backed by special interests. So we're uh, the Star Search is encouraging everyday people to run, and we'll help provide training and help people find the right offices they can run for. I totally agree with you, and of course the folks that listen to this program do as well. Uh, we certainly will be praying for God to put a fire under people because we know that people are sleepwalking because they don't care enough, but there are a few people who do. So where's the next meeting going to be at? It's this Saturday, October 21st, mm-hmm. at the San Lorenzo Public Library, mm-hmm. and that's at 395 Paseo Grande in yeah. San Lorenzo. Yep, it's Paseo Grande, 395 Paseo Grande in uh, San, yep. Le- San Lorenzo. San Lorenzo, right? Yes. Yeah, San Lorenzo, you guys can probably find that off of Hesperian. There's a cross street that will get you there. Um, and it's going to be at 1030 this Saturday? Yes, 1030 a.m. 1030 a.m. this Saturday. And they will be helping anyone that's interested in learning how to understand the opportunities that are given to get involved in our local uh, elections and um, governance. Uh, many, many seats are available and open. If you are interested, please um, try to mark your calendar for this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. for the San Lorenzo Library 395 um, I forget again. Paseo what's the Paseo Grande in San Lorenzo, California. Also, the um, email by which um, Leslie and Tom can be contacted at. What's that email, Leslie? It's uh, Tom Wong USA. That's T O M W O N G U S A 
Tom. Tom Wong, uh, Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. Tom Wong, Wong USA at gmail.com is where you can go. If anybody is having an impulse and an inclination even now to do that, I would, I would certainly, uh, I would certainly encourage you. Uh, from what I'm learning from Leslie and Tom and others, because we've seen we've seen people move and act over these three years since we were brought into captivity by the uh, delusional uh, narrative of of COVID. COVID was real. The propaganda was false. The response was extreme. It was unconstitutional, and it led to other pathologies that we must never let happen again. And so this is where we need to wake up and recognize our responsibility as citizens to be involved because, as I stated, the government doesn't care that you know because it knows that you don't care. And as as long as you don't have a caring society, you can't blame the hellhole that we're going to become if you don't rise up and contribute your part of of staving off this evil and turning turning, um, the... uh, the trajectory and direction of our, our state, at least for us, our, our local elections, at least for us, in a way that can be helpful for us, our children, and our children's children. So it's extremely important. I hope that you can uh, get involved. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. And again, it's going to be at the San Lorenzo Library. What is the address? Uh, 395 Paseo Grande. There you go, Paseo Grande. Um, thanks for thanks for the call. Thanks for the uh, invite, and we are definitely hoping to see people come out this Saturday. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Let's go to yes, blessings. Let's go to line number two and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hey, PJ, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. What's your thoughts on our our uh, monologue and on the circumstances and conditions of things going on today? Well, let me start with this. Uh, the clip you sent out uh, uh, from leaders, I, I forgot the country, a 30-minute clip uh, this morning. I mean, obviously opened my eyes to a lot I didn't know about, and especially right. the part about United Nations being the one that divided Israel and uh, the, that country, if I understood that right. Yeah, you did. You know, it's like, well... I, I you know I had you know I, I had no clue. Now I understood they were all brothers. That part I understood, so I appreciate that teaching. I don't understand the term you use, but when you telling us, teaching us not to be more or less cornered into two choices, you know. Right. Uh, right. You, uh, uh, you coined that a term. And no, the term I've used and I've used it for years is called a faulty bifurcation. That's a technical term that means whenever someone says to you. It's either this or that. I talk about the Kafka trap. You know, did you did you beat your wife this morning? That's a Kafka trap. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Um, that's a faulty bifurcation. Um, it's a it's a way of trapping you by a question that is an either or question. Like, are you for Palestine or are you not? Are you for Israel or you're not? Are you for our president or you not? And as I asserted that biblically. The angel of the Lord told Joshua he was not for them. He was for God, and you and I have to be for God, and that will actually inform as to whether or not we will actually take any position, whether it's left or right, because we must first be uh, vertically uh, committed in order to make sure that we are going to glorify God in what we do. That's what we talked about on on Sunday. 
Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, and that helped, and that definitely helped me. Uh, and then the, you mentioned stand down, and I yes went somewhere else with that because I heard you explain it in, in the conversation with uh, Jermaine. Uh, this, you know, I think you were asking for some input on standing down. Now, who was it that was told to stand down? Right there, you go. So if you stand down, it's a military term. Pardon me? Stand down, stand down. It's a military term that is used when something is happening and the uh, officers are asking, "What should we do? Should we go in? Should we attack?" And certainly, if you remember uh, the Obama administration with with Hillary Clinton as his Secretary of State, they were they were some of the biggest warmongers on the planet with drone strikes killing so many people in Afghanistan uh, and, and, and parts of Pakistan as well, um, that, it's, that it's not even funny. I mean, the, and how, how, how gutless is it to, you know, kill people, men, women, and children? This is the other thing that we're going to discover, too, that it was men, women, and children. So, like, when the left is, you know, or, or when the right is crying, you know, um, Look at the atrocities that Hamas has committed in killing men, women, and children. It is an atrocity, but it's not like it's only the left that does it. See, this is the nature of war. War is so evil that each side loves to demonize the other side as if they are pure and clean as the wind turbine snow. Now, the, um, political parties cannot tolerate this kind of uh, equal uh, assessment that I'm laying down. It cannot handle it. Like, you know, black people do not like it when we tell them that they're just as racist as white people, truth be told, when the opportunity is given, because it what it does is it, it levels the playing field and admits that we're all sinners. You heard that on Sunday. If, you, if we continue in a society where everybody thinks they're righteous, then no one needs the gospel. No one can benefit from the crown rights of Christ because no one's guilty of sin. And so it's extremely important that for us to know when we're getting trapped in an argument when the either or is a, uh, a doomsday with either choice that we make. And that's the essence of what I, I, I meant by that. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you another word before I take a break. I don't, I don't have the text in front of me, but, but it was a psalm. Uh, it, it, it had to do with, man, I lost it. Uh, Give me the idea. Well, it had to do with war, war and God, you know, because I wanted to ask about that because I was looking that up, and he lent himself to seeing about his hand. He was saying his hand was stripped, and I had it. His hand was war. What was that at? That was. Uh, it had to do with. Uh, I have to get back to you uh, 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 tomorrow on it because I had several things and and I lost and I lost it but okay then pick it back up and then we can talk about it otherwise I'll end up giving you four or five verses out of the songs no, that talk okay. about the hands of war and that that I might be speculating I do definitely got to take a uh, take a take a hard my dear brother um the uh time is 6:32 on the Monday edition of Lifeline we do have two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I do got Kevin. I've got Gary, but I do have two lines open. So let's keep talking while we can. It's a free country, but after a while, I guarantee you, if the if the money grubbing, if the slave controlling, if the 
uh, dope peddling powers that be have their way, we won't have free speech in America in a moment. So let's talk about it. one 367 I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is 6.37 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I was just thinking about a thought from which James was making mention of what I often teach in our church about how we think rationally, objectively, critically, analytically, and and, and we, we have to use tools of logic. And one of them is knowing how not to get trapped by an either-or argument when the either-or argument is not based upon the broad premise of what really is taking place. Um, for, for instance, um, a Giannis Varoufakis, um, he's a he's a guy from from Europe, uh, along with a, a whole bunch of other thinkers, and they have different podcasts, and they're talking about a bunch of things that are relevant today, especially on how to really frame these narratives that are being uh, pumped out 24 hours a day. He uses a term called fashionable and unfashionable victims, fashionable and unfashionable victims. And what he's doing is highlighting how the pendulum swings back and forth depending on what time the uh, events are that are occurring and who's actually using the victim language. For instance, with the left, as you're seeing across the nation, New York, different places, protests in favor of uh, Palestine is 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 taking place and this is if, if you will bringing about a a kind of um consternation you know on the part of the right you know on the part of the right so what what the right will do as ben, as ben shapiro has done is shown the atrocity of, uh, of of hamas as they are killing babies and killing women and burning them up and cutting their heads off all of that is true Perhaps we don't know the specific numbers. You get numbers without really getting the specific data, and, and that becomes who are dealing with an inflamed, inflammatory, emotional argument, if you will. You got to detach yourself from it. But nevertheless, these atrocities that are being committed by Hamas, this is this is an appeal to an emotion around the victim. So this is what is called the fashionable victim argument. An unfashionable victim argument would be the argument that is held on the part of the right towards the left when it comes to the baby in the womb. You see what I'm getting at now. With the baby in the womb, uh, all of a sudden that argument is not fashionable. And, and they are not really victims, but they are victims. And there are a whole lot more of those victims in the Cain and Abel paradigm versus the Ishmael and Isaac or the Jacob and Esau paradigm, reducing it down to merely national Israel and, uh, and Palestine. And I make a distinction between Palestine and Hamas, as you must as well, if you're going to be judging righteously, as Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. Don't overgeneralize and condemn the righteous with the wicked. You cannot do that and be fair in your assessment. But you can see how they can appeal to emotions by creating fashionable victims like 
you know, black people are fashionable victims in the Black Lives Matter argument. And when they raise the, the statement, do you believe in Black Lives Matter? And you go, I believe that all lives matter. Then all of a sudden, you are engaging in unfashionable victim argumentation because to be to be part of the fashionable victim argumentation, you must believe that Black Lives Matter and that all Black people are oppressed, they're persecuted, they are beat down, they are discriminated against, and they don't have agency for themselves. See, this is all political staging, all political propaganda, all political wars, and cooler heads will prevail. We might get the truth out of what's going on over there, and we might not. This is why I talked about Benghazi. This is why I talked about uh, Vietnam. This is why I talked about Afghanistan, because we do know that our media was telling us all kinds of things back then. And, and then a decade or two later, what do we find out? We find out that it wasn't at all what our media had said. Remember Operation Paperclip, Operation Mockingbird, and the infiltration of the CIA into the media. Don't ever forget that. I'm going now for speed to line number uh, nine, line number four, and talk with Gary. Gary, are you there? Yes, PJ, how are you? Sorry, I missed I'm great, you. man. Glad you could call. Okay. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I was... Uh, uh, I came in kind of late, but I picked up on the uh, Israel situation. And, um, mm -hmm. of, of course, with me being more at home, um, I'm watching a lot of the media interviews over there. Right. And I'm starting to notice that every time they're interviewing foreign people over there, they started telling them certain things that shifts away from what the media wants you to think. They cut them short. And they end exactly. conversations with them. Okay, and then I'm noticing, too, because a World War uh, Three scenario is taking shape because now there's two aircraft carrier groups over there yep. now, and yep. there's one that doesn't dock in South Korea. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it makes me think, if the, back at uh, uh, when Pearl Harbor, all this stuff was staged, it's not because they had to shift the people way of thinking in order to get them on their side to have a reason to go to war. Yes, sir. So yes, what sir. this, uh, my scenario is that uh, 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 the way they are leading us to think now, I'm starting to dissect these conversations and pick out the pieces. And it is a sad situation uh, because they've been talking about thinning out the population uh, for, for years now. Look what they're doing over there uh, next to Israel, they're wiping out mass amounts of people. And, you know, I mean, just merciless. I'm, I'm against war, even though I've been in the military, but this right now is some scary stuff that we're facing with right now. I totally agree with you, my dear brother. I totally, uh, I totally agree with you that these things are, are going on and we need to be vigilant and prayerful. Um, that God would intervene, that we don't go to that third war. But men are foolish, and, and Jesus said it. There will be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, uh, violence of all kinds, and this would hallmark the four forces of the apocalypse. He said that, and, and, and we've lived through all of that, and we're cycling right back around to another group of wars. It is not at all implausible, Gary, that as you stated, because of the nature of attrition and war, 
not only do you knock out people immediately by um, small skirmishes, limited skirmishes, but you destroy people in the long run because you destroy the territory, therefore you destroy the economics, you destroy the health, you destroy the psychology, you destroy the spirituality. People are dead before they stop breathing when you start a war. This we know factually is the case. And so for us to watch what's happening over there is to actually have a precursor of what they want to do around the world. This is why people have to wake up because they watch it from the convenience of their phones, computers, and televisions, and that it won't come here. This, how quickly did we forget um, what happened with 9-11 in terms of what I think was another stand down. But nevertheless, at some point, um, at some point, because the stage is set for a World War III, and it will not exclude um, America. The world is not ready for nuclear bombs to go off. It is not ready for that. We need cooler heads, wiser men, wiser people, but we certainly do have warmongering hawks, hawkish warmongers in the military and wanting to run for presidency, both on the left and on the right. This is the delusion of men and women thinking that somehow uh, war can produce lasting peace. It never does. War never does. Listen, Gary, I got to take a hard break. Thank you for your call. When I come back, we're going to be running through you guys. one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. Let's go to line number three and talk with Kevin in San Leandro. Kevin, are you there? Hey, yes. Hi, this is Kevin. Yes, Kevin, thank you for your patience. What's your thoughts? Sure. Uh, so a couple of things. So number one, um, I am neither for Jew nor Gentile. I am for Christ. Um, I'm not Democrat or Republican. If it's for Jesus. I, I think we need to go back to a monarchy with Christ as king. Um, regarding the, the, the war that's going on, the truth is so hard to come by. Uh, simple examples. Last night, I'm, I'm scan, I scan channels all the time to try to find the truth. I know where the truth lives, the Bible. But I scan channels. One channel says, oh, yeah, the Israelis are holding off on the ground attack due to a sandstorm. And they show a sandstorm that's supposedly in Jordan. Right. I flick to another channel. Oh, they're holding off because of rain. Like, what? Right. I mean, the truth right. is so hard to come by when you uh, depend on the media, is my point. Um, and, you know, I can tell you going back, um, I was gung-ho after 9-11 almost went to Iraq, um, had a huge argument with a cousin who I didn't speak to for years because I called him a coward because of right. Iraq. Right. Um, later on, I find out it's a big lie, right? right? Later on, I, there's also documentaries, uh, factual documentaries regarding Libya, sure. where the, the, these politicians from France and all these Western countries are verbally begging for forgiveness because of the false data they supplied yep. um, when that got people slaughtered so you know my eyes have been opened o over time and now um you know i i question i question just about everything because you have to <laughs> yeah absolutely you have to you're so, kevin you uh, know i know you for many many years it's good also seeing oh, yeah. how how big and robust those boys are um i was just super oh, glad absolutely. to see them <laughs> under the truth right but and you and, and, I, and I, you I and i have them, to... i teach them truth to you know dissect the truth um and you know so Again, you know, one of the things I teach them is that all this, like you said, uh, last Sunday, it goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. And I right. try to explain to people, it's just 
human nature, our sin nature, because yeah. Cain and Abel, the, the world was not very populated. These guys were very close in DNA. They had to look like twins. They had to look alike. How could they slaughter totally. each other? Right? Totally. Um, and, and, I mean, the world wasn't... They, Cain could have said, you know what? Uh, we have a problem. I'm going to go way over here to China and hang out. I'm not going to trust That's right. That's right. That would have been better. But no, right. it came to murder, right? So right. It, it's just, you know, the, until Christ comes, we, we have... He's our hope. We have no hope. This will continue, you know. Um, un until he shows up. There's I agree no with you. I really do. Listen, thank you for your call. We will talk to you real soon. Let's go to line number one and talk with Taria from San Leandro. Taria, if they are there. Taria, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor Gastan. Hi, how are you? It's an honor to, to um, call in. I never thought I would. I've been listening for years, and I've visited awesome. church, uh, your you. church on multiple occasions, so thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, my daughter, uh, who's in her first, my youngest daughter, who's in her first year of college, um, she called me a couple of days ago and she asked me the question, um, am I for Palestine or um, Israel? And so when you mentioned that on the radio broadcast, I said I have to call in because um, right. I was sharing that same conversation with my spiritual mom and a couple of other friends. And I said, you know, um, earlier this year, I was invited to a, um, a conference, Quorum Deo, at, um, a, I think it's Trinity Church in Morgan Hill. And yep. Joe Beakey was a, he wrote a book on Revelation. Sure. And, um, and I've been studying in, in that book. And I'm learning, hopefully, um, his interpretation is, is, is sound. Um, but I was reading about a lot of symbolisms in Revelation. And... Um, I was studying about like the Euphrates River and that, um, you know, the angels are um, like people were talking about having the angels are the Euphrates River is dried up and the angels are crying out. And I said, well, let me go kind of read on that and kind of understand what that that meant. And he was talking about it being um, symbolic because um, that's the boundary of the promised land. And um, then I, I, I thought about that when I was talking to my daughter and I said, I'm not. I, I, I hope I am interpreting this right, but I, I don't. I, I'm not taking sides because if they're fighting over the promised land, the promised land you can only enter through Christ. And I, I can't take sides because I don't know a whole bunch about physically what's going on. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's going on currently, uh, but learn, learning more about it. But I just said, you know, I, I can't take sides, but I do know that um, the promised land is for people. Uh, who are Christian, um, and um, war is awful and atrocious, and um, mm -hmm. I don't understand a whole bunch about it, but but I, I'm, I'm on the side of the promised land is only you can enter in through Christ's rest, enter in resting in him and his finished work on the cross, and that's the only way you're going to get into the promised land. Right, and so I'm going to help you so that, that you don't find yourself deficiently responding to your daughter. We've got about two minutes. I'm going to see if I can help you, Okay. Um, so we don't ever want to make a categorical distinction, a categorical error. So <clears throat> when we talk about the promised land, there is the earthly promise uh, that people associate with Abrahamic promise of, of Palestine being, uh, or Israel being the, um, uh, the, the people who are to occupy a certain square measure, mileage measure of uh, the area that we call Israel is larger than um, the Palestinian people. We say that. Um, in the Old Testament, that was certainly true. 
but Abraham was pointing to Jesus. Galatians 3 lays that out. Uh, according to Romans chapter 4, Abraham is the heir of the whole world, not just Palestine. So New Testament theology stretches out that notion of the uh, inheritors of the land. <clears throat> and Jesus said, it, it's the meat that shall inherit the earth. At the end of the day, we should never be fighting over a piece of land in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, or whatever. You can let the Jews argue that without a doubt. They certainly can argue that. They will. There's all kind of people arguing for their land rights. Uh, but God is the owner of all the land. This is Leviticus 25, and that will work itself out. What your daughter does not want to be trapped by is the either-or faulty bifurcation. Are you for Israel or for Palestinia? Yes, I'm for both of them. I'm a, I'm for both the Israelites and the Palestinians because I am for men and women knowing the true and the living God in the person of Christ. That's one, because you don't want your daughter <clears throat> not being for someone. Um, it's, in fact, you can't not be that way. Like if they say, are you for Black Lives Matter? Yes, but I'm also for White Lives that Matter. Believers are for souls. We're for men and women of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Again, the grander theological hope of all believers is the promised land of glory, a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I know Beaky well. We have the same theology, same soteriology, and fundamentally the same eschatology. So he does a great work there as well. But what you and I want to make sure we don't do is narrow our lens down to a piece of land in that area because the world is large. If we could walk in love, we could easily find room for everybody on this planet where we never have to argue about land rights ever again. It's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of territory. We all need to know this. It's not a matter of territory. It's a matter of the heart. There's plenty room on this planet for everybody. God made it so. It may <clears throat> before it's too late. Looks like we're coming up on the end of our time. So I am going to say the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace through Jesus, his son, Yeshua, uh, our Hashim, the one who is the word made flesh dwelling among us and beholding his glory. You and I can be saved. Until next time, the Lord bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.